Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and we're here. We made it. This is the <laughs> this is the last Godzilla episode. Uh, for a lot of you this is going to be a really sad day and for many more of you this is going to be a really great day uh, depending obviously on your fandom when it comes to Godzilla. Well here at Comics and Cinema my fandom <laughs> runs pretty deep uh, embarrassingly so I am proud to say, though, that I pulled off a feat that I honestly didn't think would be possible. Uh, you know, when you're looking forward into the future and, and planning something as giant, as large, as kaiju-esque as this, uh, th there, there's some doubts. There's doubts that creep into your head, that's for sure. Uh, you think to yourself, a am I going to be okay mentally uh, watching this many Godzilla movies? Is my wife going to be okay uh, with me watching this many Godzilla movies? Well, uh, you know, lucky enough, uh, I am loved by one of the most supporting people I have uh, ever met in my entire life. So uh, to my wife, Lisa, thank you for... Uh, she's not even here right now. Uh, but thank you for... Uh, letting me watch so many Godzilla movies. I I can't ca tell you the amount of times that uh, she yelled down to me, hey, you know, do you want dinner while I was watching Godzilla? And all I would yell back was, ah! and uh, she, would, she did not like that one time. But uh, so we're here, guys, we made it. Uh, 15 Godzilla movies in. If you've been following along, if you if you took this journey with me to Monster Island, first off, thank you. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to you for getting through all of those movies. It was kind of a slog in the middle, though, wasn't it? Uh, and some of those other ones that we had talked about. Well, now we're coming to the end of the line, as Bucky and Cap would say. We have reached the final train station before we get off and feast our eyes on Godzilla vs. Kong, which again comes out in theaters uh, and on HBO Max on Wednesday. I will be watching it on Wednesday, and I will have a review. Uh, if everything goes according to plan, I'll hopefully have a review up shortly after that. And I don't mean the day of. I'm just saying at least you know within the week, because I know you guys are clamoring for that Godzilla vs. Kong review. But this episode is not about Godzilla vs. Kong, nor is this episode about the prior 15 Godzilla movies that I watched. No, no, no. This episode is about the other six Godzilla movies that I watched. Uh, this is Godzilla the Modern Era. So as I wrapped up my stint with my Criterion Blu-rays, I was thinking to myself, uh, there's a lot of other Godzilla movies out there. Again, we covered the Showa era, which is the from all the way up to 1975, from 1954, and the, the movies kind of tapered off after that. They did they stopped making them. Uh, they weren't seeing a good return in investment. But just like Godzilla, he may he may be gone, but he is never dead. He is always just sleeping, waiting in dormant in a dormant state, waiting to be called upon whether that is from humans who need his help or from horrible people nuking some portion of the world that wakes him from his slumber. So uh, in the 90s, I think is when it started, it may have been late 80s, uh, there was another stint of Godzilla movies. 
and I I looked at them. I've seen them uh, again. By seen them, I mean I've seen the covers of the DVDs, that sort of thing. I don't have as much of I didn't have as much of a desire to watch them, and that's just because most of them are retreads. You're getting the uh, there's I think there's an original Godzilla from '89, something like that, where it's the same thing, and then a King Ghidorah one, a Mecha Godzilla one, and and part of me wanted to watch them just to see how they compare to the old ones, but as I watched a few of these. They just can't, even, at least in my opinion, one of them was good, and we'll, we'll get to it, but some of these just can't, that you can't compare them until somebody had the brilliant idea to make Godzilla in 2014, and somebody decided that they wanted to create a new Godzilla universe, and that is the day that my eyes went wide as saucers, they lit up like headlights, like high beams, uh, I <laughs> and I have made no secret I'm a sucker for Godzilla, but that's going to be the brunt of this conversation. So here are the six movies that I saw and will quickly recommend or not recommend to you that I watched. So first, Godzilla versus Destroya, uh, and it's pronounced or spelled Destoroya, which is. Uh, kind of the same thing but this one actually was good i gave this movie a 7 out of 10 this one came out in 1995 and i watched this on um was it on pluto tv i think it was on pluto tv it was uh either on pluto tv or imd i'm gonna look here it's it's saying you can watch it on crackle but i i definitely oh i apologize no i watched it on plex if you if if you have an an xbox at least i don't know if you need it for a computer or what but uh, if you have an app, there's an app called Plex. It's kind of the same thing as like uh, like Pluto TV, where it's free TV, free movies, but there's ads, and and it's not the best quality. It's usually like 720p, maybe 1080p max. But it had a couple of Godzillas on there. The best part though was it had the one that I'd been dying to watch. It wasn't this Godzilla vs. Destroy. It was actually my favorite of these ones, but it had this. Godzilla 2000, which I watched this on IMDb TV. So that one's available there as well. Same thing. It's got ads. I would not recommend this movie. And uh, then the other one I watched was the one I've been dying to watch, guys. I've had this on my watch list for like a year just because I'd heard a little bit about it and really wanted to see what it was about, Godzilla Final Wars. So the first half, and it's not really going to be a half, I promise, but the first portion of this, I'm going to talk about those three movies just because, again, that was a that was a fulfillment of my desire to watch a couple more of the, the 90s Godzilla movies. Uh, and then we're going to dive into the 2014 Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I watched all three of over the last few days. So... Uh, it's interesting though because I watched Godzilla vs. Destroya uh, last of those three ones, and and all of these were basically midnight movies, and and I, I would argue in in good and bad ways. Like I watched them kind of late at night, uh, so again super late, right? Brain's a little foggy, and you're you're getting ready, you're winding down. But not only that, the quality of the video isn't that great, so kind of you know picking and choosing, I guess you could say, but. Still, it really enjoyed this one. So uh, essentially, they're reusing the uh, theme from the original Godzilla about the oxygen destroyer. And so this oxygen destroyer missile, which they end up using again in this movie, goes off and brings forth Destroya, 
which is a beast intent on killing Godzilla, who's on the verge of a nuclear meltdown. So this was actually really cool as well. Godzilla is in his his nuclear mode, which we see in Godzilla King of the Monsters. So you see it here first, I think. Uh, super cool. I thought the fights were really cool. This destroy a monster is was super creepy looking, but also really cool. Uh, one of my favorite monster designs. And here's here's what I will say. Like I said, I don't remember a lot from all three of these. This was my favorite. Here's what the storyline says. So it said something destroyed Birth Island, the home of Godzilla and Little Godzilla, and soon it is discovered Godzilla has developed a, a flaming blood bright glow, indicating that his nuclear energy is out of control. Fearing that Godzilla will soon explode, the G-Force, uh, and I, I wish it was the G-Force you're probably thinking of, but it is not, uh, just some regular guys. Uh, the G-Force tries to freeze him, thus cooling his temperature. But another problem arises. As a horde of human-sized creatures formed in the combination of Godzilla's cells and the weapon that destroyed the original Godzilla, the oxygen destroyer, now the military must try to stop these creatures and stop Godzilla from going through a nuclear meltdown that could destroy the world. So this this plays a lot like Godzilla versus Hedorah, where the bad guy is a small thing that slowly grows into a big thing by combining its forces essentially. And it's the same it's the same premise too, where you're you're talking about this oxygen destroyer bomb, which is a very questionable bomb. And uh, but like I said, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad movie uh, and I liked it more than the other two. Godzilla 2000. This was not a good movie. Uh, I was really looking forward to it because they're talking about it as, oh, like, holy cow, this is the Godzilla 2000. Like, what more can you ask for? We're getting into a new millennium. This movie came out in 1999. So uh, can you imagine being in the theater in 1999 wondering about Y2K and now you got to deal with Godzilla 2000? I, I couldn't even imagine it. I Like, the stress on you at that point. It's got to be crazy. But if it was me and I had gone back in time and I was sitting in that theater... Uh, there's a small chance I'd have walked out because as the movie <laughs> the movie starts, and I feel so bad because I would also highly recommend all of you checking out the IG, IGN has a uh, like a six minute video on their top ten Godzilla movies. This movie is in there, and I couldn't believe it. Um, like I said, I, I found it very forgettable. It was in the worst part about this, and I I have no choice in the matter. It was dubbed. Both this and Godzilla Final Wars were dubbed, and the dub was horrible so that definitely played factor in me not liking it but the story itself was so basic it was just godzilla and godzilla looks great he looks way better than the older godzilla it's still a guy in a costume i think but it's just a more fierce costume but he's fighting this space this flying saucer and this flying saucer is a flying saucer for almost the entire movie so yeah, it kind of gave me some of the sort of uh, invasion of the astro monster type vibes but it just, you know, they kept trying to do CGI and look, here's all I'm going to say. If you guys watch, and I know I've mentioned this before, if you watched that movies uh, show on HBO, if you get to the 90s episode, Edward Norton makes a very bold statement. He says that 1999 was one of the greatest years for movies and then you know obviously the episode does it but lists off just you know american beauty fight club um 
what was the other the other big one? Oh yeah, but the point of this, the Matrix, the, even just those three. There's there's a whole list, a litany of movies, and I I was I was like, oh wow, it really was. He made it sound like the way he said it, it was as if everyone had these ideas for films and just they were putting them out there. And maybe it was because of Y2K. They wanted to get their best work out there right away. When you watch Godzilla 2000 and realize that The Matrix came out in the exact same year. I don't think you could find a way to like this movie because the CGI in this movie comparatively to The Matrix is so bad. It is so bad. And by the end of it, I had kind of even lost track of what was going on in the movie because it literally just flops between uh, between people in an office building typing on computers to Godzilla kind of screaming around. And now, I, don't get me wrong. I watched the Godzilla parts, but the it was so boring watching the human parts, especially when they're dubbed. That was not fun. So would not recommend Godzilla 2000. Uh, but we're going to, and we'll get to this by the end of it. But uh, final one is Godzilla Final Wars. So like I said, I was really looking forward to this movie. I gave this one star more than Godzilla 2000. I'm giving this a six out of 10. I thought it was all right. Uh, there's a lot riding on this movie. It was the 50th anniversary project because uh, Godzilla came out in 1954. This movie came out in 2004. And it is him fighting a who's who of uh, his monsters. So in a way, it feels a lot like a destroy all monsters type situation. But in the same vein, there are aliens that are trying to take over the world. And they have like a Mecha Ghidorah, basically. Uh, I don't think it wasn't a robot so much so that it was just a three-headed creature that he ends up fighting but what i really liked about this movie is there's a bit where so these aliens are essentially bringing all of these creatures to the city to destroy different cities and and then godzilla shows up and beats them which is i loved the fights were pretty quick which was kind of a bummer but they were all quick because godzilla dispatches these characters so quickly one of those characters though is the 1998 godzilla with matthew broderick uh, which is awesome. I, I saw that movie a long time ago when I was a kid. I have that movie in my IMDb as a 4 out of 10, so I did not rent it to watch it. I would have had to pay to watch that one, and I didn't want to. I do remember enjoying it. <clears throat> I'm not sure why I gave it a 4. Obviously, that would have been way after I'd watched it, so maybe, you know, time. But uh, but it was cool seeing that Godzilla in the movie as well. Uh, but the CGI is a lot better, uh, definitely more doable. And the uh sort of the ending as well it kind of ends on a good note godzilla gets to leave happy sort of thing uh but the people scenes were really tough to move through in this one same thing they were dubbed uh and there were there was an american guy there too i think his name is don fry if you're familiar with him at all he uh you could tell a lot of these people were dialing it in and for a movie that's all about the final war you would have thought that they would be giving it their oscar best but uh, this was not that this was not even golden globes worthy uh, i wouldn't even put this on kids choice awards that's that's about how bad it was but like i said midnight movie something where i would gladly watch it again just to laugh at it uh, but those are the three kind of oldies but newies uh, again we're calling this episode the modern day uh, godzilla movies and because of that without further ado we are going to dive into the real brunt of this episode which is talking about and praising all three of these amazing films now before we get started i want to call out something i want to call out a couple things so the, the first thing i'm going to call out is 
these movies aren't that well received. And I know that. Uh, many people apparently know that. Last week I watched or listened to a podcast episode from Rotten Tomatoes of people trying to defend Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is great. Thank you. I feel like it does need defending sometimes. But there are some glaring issues with these movies, uh, things that a lot of people find issue with that I, I totally agree with. But something special happened on my watch of all three of these movies. I achieved a level of ner- of Godzilla Nirvana uh, that I didn't think was possible. So I'm gonna we're gonna start this off by kind of uh, giving the background on all three of these films. I've been a Godzilla fan my whole life. I haven't been shy about that on this show. And when the 2014 Godzilla was announced, I was over the moon. When that trailer came out, I couldn't have been more excited. And when the movie came out, uh, we went and saw it right when it came out. And it was awesome. It was awe-inspiring. I gave it a 9 out of 10. And I still keep it at a 9 out of 10, even though I've seen it a couple times. Uh, But there are some issues with that movie. We'll get into that. Uh, Kong Skull Island then came out, and I my first reaction to that when it was announced was, I want another Godzilla movie. But when I heard that it was going to be linking into the other Godzilla movies, I said, gimme, gimme, gimme. And uh, when that movie came out, I was uh, shocked because I was like, this movie has no right being as good as it is. Like I didn't realize that this movie was going to be so good, and we're going to dive into that as well. And finally... When Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters, was announced, my at this point, you know, my my hair stood on end and my shoes flew off, my shoes th- flew off my feet, and uh, <laughs> it uh, uh, it it just it uh, changed my life. I guess you could say this movie is something special, and I say that a little tongue in cheek because I know there are some very glaring issues with this movie, but in the most wild of ways after watching it last and i watched that last night after watching it last night uh my opinion changed on that completely as well and now i am a lover of godzilla versus godzilla king of the monsters so the thing i want to point out and i want and i may even have to stress this at multiple times in case people are skipping in certain bits but there is an argument to be made about how great these films are and the, one of the pieces of that is the acting prowess, the, the acting roster, you could say. The people in these movies, they are star-studded. I mean, you can't swing a cat without hitting somebody who's got an Oscar nomination or an Oscar win in all three of these films, or an Emmy, whatever you want to call it. But um, holy cow. And, you know, that was something where I heard that in the Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters Rotten Tomatoes. One of the arguments was there's too many stars in this show. They don't get enough time to be developed. And I I took that at face value. And I was like, oh, you're right. That's a good point. But after watching King of the Monsters last night, guys, that those people who are saying that are missing the point of a Godzilla movie. And so... For my loyal listeners out there, for those of you that have been in the trenches with me all month long with Godzilla, what have we been talking about, right? What What is the point of the Godzilla movie? Is it the people or is it the monsters? Now, I said when I was talking about Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, 
that that is why I love that movie so much is because the people in that movie are just as interesting as Godzilla. And that is true. And I stand by that on a a couple of these movies. There are some very interesting human elements in these movies. But that's not why I'm coming to see this movie, guys. I'm not coming to see is... Uh, is Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson going to reunite? No, no, no. I'm coming to see who's Godzilla going to smash next. And I think the problem is when you look back at these older movies, you needed, you desperately needed the human interactions to be good in order to give a good review to the Godzilla movie because when you're viewing it in a lens that's almost at this point 60 years old, right? 1970 maybe 50 years well no 50 shoot 50 even more than 50 years old with the the original godzilla when you look back at those movies it's a guy in a suit walking around on a soundstage smashing toy cars and when you can accept that and accept that the people are also boring uh, in most instances, obviously there's some shining examples like the original Godzilla and uh, Hidorah and the specifically Ghidorah. Um, it makes for an amazing movie, right? It makes for a great movie. But then you start getting into those worse movies and they're worse because the human interactions are so boring, but the the Godzilla pieces aren't good either, right? Like, like take, uh, what were some of the ones we poorly reviewed? I mean, shoot, look at All Monsters Attack. When you're using stock footage, and yeah, the human interactions in there were fine, but why? I didn't come to the theater to see stock footage. Maybe in the 70s or maybe in the 60s, whenever that one that one came out, fine, yeah, if that's the only thing coming on the theater, yeah, I guess I'll suck it up and watch it. But I have an embarrassment of riches right now where I can watch anything that I want. I can throw on Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. I'm gonna actually I could just pause this recording and watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, press record again, and continue recording. You guys wouldn't even notice. Hey guys and welcome back to my show. Thank you so oh whoops. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did not pause. But uh you see what I'm getting at. Like we we're in a new technological age at this point where and it's sad to say, obviously Uh, There's great film out there, and there's old films that stand the test of time. But when we're looking at it in a vacuum, and we're looking at it with Godzilla, current day, today, and now, Godzilla needs to deliver. If the humans also deliver, awesome. That makes for a fantastic movie. If the humans can't deliver, they at least should be able to carry their scenes through so that when you get to the Godzilla scene, you're not thinking, thank God, that part's over. You're just kind of breezing through it. And, you know, there are a couple bits like that. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah, those human scenes aren't great in the Godz- in these new Godzilla movies, but the Godzilla scenes are so good that it overwrites that, in my opinion. And I- I'll say, and-, and this was a long, long explanation for this, but to those of you who say this cast is overused or underutilized, again, that is not the point of the Godzilla movie. We are not trying to have some beautiful Oscar-winning tale about a father and a son or a mom and her daughter or a father and his ex-wife. We are not here for that. We are here for Godzilla. But these three movies weren't planning that. And I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I am speculating, and this is the highest order of speculation. And I'm saying all of this, and I'm building it up the way that it is, because this is 
huge, guys. This is a huge reveal that I don't think anybody knows or properly appreciates. Are you ready for this? Can you guess who the casting director is for all three of these movies? For Godzilla, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Kong, Skull Island. Who is the only casting director that you know that could pull off such a star-studded cast? Give it a minute to sink in. It's Sarah Hallie Finn. That's right, the casting director for the MCU. She is the person that cast everybody for this movies. How cool is that? So to me, when I look at that and when I see that, that tells me that it's not the actor's fault, right? It's the script. Because she went out and she did her work and she pulled in the highest talent. Think about it. Look at this first Godzilla movie. You've got Brian Cranston at arguably his height at this point. Eh, I mean, he's always at his height, let's be honest. But he'd just coming off Breaking Bad, all that stuff. Like he he is a hot commodity. You've got um you have uh, Scarlet Witch in Quicksilver. Brother and sister in the MCU are now playing husband and wife in this movie. I loved that. A little weird when I saw them kiss, but uh, that's just because I'm such a huge Marvel fan. So that was amazing. But not only that, you've got other crazy... you got Ken Watanabe as Sirizawa. You have... Uh, who are some of these other... Oh, Sally Hawkins. Get out of here. Sally Hawkins as uh, Vivian Graham. She is one of the Monarch employees along with Sirizawa. So there, you know, Shape of Water, Juliette Binoche as uh, the mom who dies in the beginning. Uh, then you have David Strathairn as Admiral Stentz, the military guy. You may recognize him from Nomadland. Uh, there's a couple of others maybe in this first movie, but it's just safe to say that's a pretty big cast. That's a pretty big first bite when it comes to Godzilla in the current day. So going into it, you go, okay, we've got the talent. Sarah hooked us up with this talent. And then the movie itself is being directed by Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One, a Star Wars story, two years after. And actually, it looks like he was even in uh, Last Jedi. But I'm wondering what it was that he had done beforehand. Really nothing, actually. Monsters, maybe, in 2010. I bet you that's what got him the role, is because uh, he was able to do monsters. But I'm telling you, this Godzilla movie is so good. So instead of giving you a play-by-play, because let's be honest, the human scenes aren't that interesting in these movies. I like them. I think they're fine. Uh, and I really tried to enjoy them this time around. I actually picked up a 4K steelbook of the original Godzilla uh, because I had just had it on Blu-ray and it was just coming out. I was like, I got to check this out. So worth it. Totally worth it. Um, so as I'm watching it, I was loving it. My biggest takeaways from this are, and I'm going to see if I can fight the haters on this. I'm going to try and fight the haters. All right. Hold on. I got to pump myself up. Got to fight the haters. Um, Godzilla is not in the movie enough. I agree. This movie should 100% be Godzilla. It's for two hours. I just want to see Godzilla. But guess what? That's not the world we're living in, guys. And you know what? If you want to see Godzilla the entire time, go watch uh, some other. Go watch All Monsters Attack. For all I care, uh, you need to appreciate on this one that holding him back for as long as they do makes the reveal so amazing. But I will also tell you that he does come into the movie and i'm pretty sure it's right around the 
what was it? I was trying to trying to keep a track of it, but I, I'm pretty sure he comes in pretty early. I think he comes in at like 14 minutes. You see him, but it's very, 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 very brief. Uh, the real action is right around 40, 43-ish minutes. So you are having to wait for a whole episode of TV before Godzilla shows up, but there's buildup. You're learning about the Mutos. You're learning about... There's there's so much teasing in this movie. And I think that's the best part about this one is you know Godzilla's big. You know he's bad. You've watched 16 Godzilla movies prior to seeing this movie. Like, I know what Godzilla look like looks like. Get me scared of him because I have not been afraid of Godzilla since the original Godzilla. And even then it was pushing it. So... The fact that we're seeing him as this force of nature and just kind of the basically the whole the whole part where he shows up on the beach is just nuts. You get this this swell of the water and there's people partying on the beach and the water just starts going down further and further and people are like, we got to get out of here. And I just loved that anytime Godzilla or the Mutos showed up that there were natural disasters that just you know happened and and this is a complaint people have it's a valid complaint you're not wrong a lot of the scenes are at night and uh, more so in king of the monsters as well but at the same time it i i didn't have the biggest problem with it and i think that's because you know this stuff kind of happens at night sometimes or oh it's always raining well if godzilla's around he's triggering natural disasters like it's going to rain so um yeah i mean we get that whole bit there with ollie telling us about the weather uh, as this giant tidal wave just takes over hawaii at this point and i i did i did find it funny though that the storyline itself is uh completely preventable or at least um at least brian cranston's death is completely preventable if he had just listened to his son and gone home they would have been fine but i did find it funny that aaron taylor johnson he he uh he comes back from war wherever it is that he is and his wife makes some quip or i think it was a son when he's putting him to bed and says are you gonna be here in the morning and he's like yeah buddy like i literally just my bags are right here i haven't even unpacked and the minute that he goes downstairs his wife gets a phone call and she's like you've got to go and i would just laugh so hard at that because of course the military would call his wife because he's gonna go right like regardless he's leaving we need to get the permission from the missus basically and so i did like that i like that she was cool with it even though i'm like man what a bad situation for this guy so he's they're basically like hey your dad needs a babysitter and so he flies to uh japan finds his dad has a kind of an argument with him and then they figure out the whole muto situation which was really cool that's where his dad dies so at this point though they're they're like okay godzilla is out you know things are happening and he's like i need to get home <laughs> you called me out here and i just got back i just want to go home and they're like they basically tell him like yeah you can go home but you're going to stop. It's kind of like the Mandalorian. You're going to stop, make a couple of stops before you go home. And you're basically going to fight Godzilla is, is what's going to happen. And it's like, oh my goodness. So, you know, he, he gets to Hawaii and he's on the train saving a little kid while Godzilla shows up. But I'm telling you guys that just the whole finding out the Mutos are mating and the eggs and the fact that that one is just so gigantic and then seeing Godzilla on that train when you know the there's just the widest shot of the airport as it shows the muto 
and the Muto smashes a bus, and the bus flips and smashes another bus that explodes, and the explosions just keep happening as the camera pans to the right until it pans onto Godzilla, and it I lost it in theaters when I saw that scene and I've lost it every time since like that scene is so good and so worth the wait in my opinion. I think that, you know, get, getting him a little later isn't ideal, but at the same time like here he is in all of his majesty and now we see him a lot. And so the whole rest of the movie is him fighting these mutos. So they we we don't get to see the rest of their fight but we find out through the news that they're heading to las vegas and the rest of the fight takes place in las vegas same situation there he shows up they're like hey we need you man like we need he's like i just want to go home please i just want to see my family and his wife has no idea what's going on i think it's so again not the best human storyline but good enough to where you can laugh at it while you're watching in between the godzilla takes uh but man that just uh when they're fighting in in Las Vegas and at the the point where he detonates that bomb in the nest and kind of looks at Godzilla when the smoke is clearing is just so powerful and then him kind of biding his time Godzilla before he just destroys those mutos you know blows fire into their mouths and oh man i just it is so satisfying and then he plops down for a nap and everybody is fine you know the world's slowly trying to figure out what to do next and he eventually just gets up and leaves i just loved that they portrayed godzilla as a force of nature this is my godzilla and uh, again i i can't give this movie a higher rating than the original because it wouldn't be here without the original but i give it as close as what it can be which is a nine out of ten that also is because again the human storylines are not great so can't give that movie a perfect score but it's as close as we're gonna get and it it just opens up so many different pandora's boxes as it were you get the cool opening lines uh, or the opening crawl of like all the past secret experiments and then kind of seeing some of that at the end of you know what maybe could be happening in the future so many possibilities in this movie and not only that but like i said you're getting the ultimate uh force of nature in godzilla and i can't i just can't stress to you how much i shook and goosebumped when at the end when he just gives that giant roar and then goes into the ocean like that just is crazy absolutely crazy and uh and i'll point out too this movie the um uh the soundtrack or the the com- compo- com- composition the composer is alexandre Desplat, who did uh i believe he did a little bit of fantastic mr fox he did a couple of others he's an oscar i believe oscar winning um cast or sorry i'm looking at cast here i'm gonna pull him up because uh, i know he's won an oscar for sure uh composer music alessandre despla he did something i really liked i know that for sure i mean he did king's speech he did argo the queen philomena isle of dogs sisters brothers he did the shape of water a lot of connections here florence foster jenkins though we won't mention that again uh the light between oceans he did yeah godzilla the imitation game i think that's what won him an oscar the danish girl uh zero dark 30 okay yeah he can he's won two oscars 
So he won an Oscar for Grand Budapest Hotel, and then he also won one for Shape of Water. So good on him, good on Sally Hawkins already being in this movie too. So from there, you know, we had that pause for a couple of years. Like I said, I was I was a little upset that we didn't get another Godzilla movie next, but we got Kong. And I will say the way I watched this, I watched Kong first because that movie takes place in the 70s while the other ones are in current day, which I think greatly enhanced the viewing because there's things that happen in that movie that are that are set up or built on and paid off in both of the Godzilla movies, uh, which is awesome. So that's what we're going to talk about next. Kong Skull Island, directed by Jordan Vaught Roberts, who also did The Kings of Summer, if you haven't seen that movie. Uh, great film. Uh, this one composer for this is Henry Jackman. So if any of you were a fan of Captain America Civil War, Wolverine Origins, or The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the music in this was great. Not just the, the, the composing, but also the songs. There's a lot of, of those old war rock songs, like uh, CCR, that sort of stuff. Um, so great. And then, of course, again, casting by Sarah Finn. So uh, no surprise there, because we have a who's who, a murderer's row, of uh, and and these the screenplay for these movies, both allow all of them. D- Dan Gilroy, Max Bornstein, and Derek Conley. Actually, a funny story there. I would say not anymore, but I used to be friends with Max Bornstein's wife uh, way back when we were. Um, I say Twitter comedians. I'm certainly not that anymore. But back then, when she was one of my friends on there, so I always she had some posts about that when it happened. It made me enjoy Godzilla even more. Uh, but the cast of Kong, we've got Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson. Oops, accident. Um, John C. Riley. Man, am I reading off a Marvel list? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, John Goodman, Corey Hawkins. Uh, you got uh, who else is in this? Tianjing, John Ortiz, Toby Kibble. Uh, just the who's who. I don't know what other way to say it. It's insane. Um, but this one's all about Kong. So I think this movie is cinematically um, double check my rating my rankings i think it's cinematically better than godzilla the original just because there's a lot more color it takes place on an island you can't beat the island atmosphere and the storyline for the humans is infinitely better and yes i do have it as such this is actually a really interesting ranking i think you guys are going to be really surprised but maybe also not surprised so i had to watch kong again i don't think i had seen it since i was in theaters uh, I'd given it an eight at the time, and honestly, you want to be an eight with me. Like eight means you could watch that movie anytime, and it's going to be great. A nine, there's a lot of expectation that comes with being a nine movie, and I hate to put movies in that position unless they really need to be in there. And so I did. I bumped Kong up to a nine after watching it again. There's so much in this, like the fact that Brie Larson is a photographer, kind of capturing sort of an anti-war type thing but now she's getting to capture kong i loved that samuel L. jackson was the the one note bad guy i feel like he doesn't get to do that as much and so it was pretty cool to see him be so dumb about wanting to go back and get uh victor von doom uh who is that yeah that toby kibble right no that's jack chapman uh shay wingham maybe uh he's in this too wait toby kibble is that who it is no way yes toby kibble he actually plays kong it says he's kong so he that's wow uh i didn't know that there's another fun fact for everyone out there 
So uh, just a great film, though. I loved when we get to see Kong. He's huge. We get to see him fight the skull crawlers. Uh, I loved all of the background with John C. Riley in the opening of the movie when the plane flies in and, you know, he's having to fight the other soldier, but then they have bigger fish to fry when Kong shows up. Just a fun, all-around blast of a movie, something that I could put on whenever. Tom Hiddleston did a great job. Uh, I, I think everybody was performing to the best of their abilities, and they're also setting up some future things. So this movie is directly setting up our Godzilla vs. Kong film. So definitely worth watching, I will point out. And this was confirmed by the the studio or whoever it was that brings it up, but King Kong is not that big in this film. And John C. Riley makes a point to even mention, he says that he's still growing because his parents were killed by the skull crawlers. And so he's kind of having to defend this place by himself. And uh, so by the time we get to Godzilla versus Kong, which presumably is like 50, 60 years later, he has grown even bigger. So that is how he can fight Godzilla on a level playing field now is because he is roughly the same size as godzilla but just i mean as i'm i'm thinking in my head of like the scenes that stuck out to me and the first thing that pops in my head um i when all the helicopters are flying through the barrier of the storm and then when the tree trunk gets thrown through the helicopter uh just godzilla wrecking shop everywhere that he goes i love the scenes where there were like people are running through the grass it's just a very cinematic movie i felt and the music helped so much with that and then by the end of it i mean the movie the movie ends like they get to the end and i was like okay so who's gonna die next and then it was like oh no they just end that's the one thing i think i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing yet i haven't decided but all three of these movies end really abruptly all of them do (laughs) and uh, again i don't think i can complain about it because it's a good ending but it felt very abrupt and so that movie uh, i will cherish forever now we're going to dive into godzilla king of the monsters so you guys may be wondering like oh alex didn't you talk about this movie in your top films of 2019 yes i did so i certainly don't want to spend too much time on this film but they might also be saying well alex didn't you say that this was the first full movie that you watched in 2021 uh yes that's true the trivia piece being that sound of music was actually the first movie Uh, my wife and i watched that through midnight so technically we didn't watch the whole thing uh but the night of Godzilla vs. King of Monsters is what I watched. So yes, I've already seen this movie twice this year. This movie has been perpetually at an 8 out of 10 for me. I have so much fun when I'm watching it, and when it gets to the human scenes, I get really bored. Well, guess what? This last viewing, I was not bored when I was watching them. I don't know if it's because I had watched them multiple times. I don't know what it was, but I was actually attached to the characters and not to the point where, again, I think any of them deserve any awards. They don't. But I just, I found myself understanding why they were doing certain things, even if it didn't make sense, because every time I even questioned something, I was like, dude, you're getting this Godzilla movie. And it was crazy too, because this one really falls prey to the cloudy dark nighttime atmosphere and when i was in theaters i did not like that at all but now that i'm at home it's complete pitch black there are no exit signs in my basement there are no people talking Uh, it is pitch black and it's in 4k it's not on a projector 
So I actually didn't have a problem seeing anything in this film, which is a testament to it because, like I said, I did not like that in theaters, and I didn't even really notice it the last few times. But on this last viewing, I was like, wow, even these night rain scenes, it makes sense. And even when people are complaining that, you know, uh, it, it is always raining, well, guess what? King Ghidorah has a storm surrounding him like he is that big of a behemoth an outer space creature that he causes actual storms that is cool and i can suffer through raindrops on godzilla honestly it's it's it makes him look glistening i can't complain about that my guy is glistening out there on the screen and he is doing it big just like he always does like i said though acting wise and we'll dive into the cast here real quick so uh, this one, another different director, Michael Doherty, for those of you who don't know, he did Krampus, uh, but he also did one of my favorite Halloween movies, which is Trick or Treat. So if any of you haven't seen that, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, but he also uh, on here, oh, Music's by Bear McCreary. And if no one knows who that is, Bear McCreary, uh, I feel like he was on a TV show or he did a TV show... Uh, yeah, okay, he did Battlestar Galactica, The Walking Dead, 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, but there was something recently that he did. Really? He did Tales from Galaxy's Edge? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Maybe that's what it was. Ava. He did the Ava movie Out Outlander? That's what it is, Outlander. Um, he does a great job. This might be my favorite soundtrack, composing soundtrack of all three films. I would say... King Kong definitely wins when it comes to the music of uh, the songs that are chosen, but this movie wins for its actual score. Like it actually has the the Godzilla theme. I have a three uh, disc vinyl of this soundtrack. It's so good. Um, that's how much I love it. But I, I think my standout moments from this are uh any scene with godzilla i actually took a photo on my tv because it looked so good of when godzilla is swimming underwater and he's doing his lure light coming up on the sea the sea what do you want to call it compound gorgeous uh and man you guys gotta stop me i keep skipping over the cast it's basically the same cast as the last one except we're getting uh we get kyle chandler vera farmiga absolute queen millie bobby brown Never really been a fan of her, but she does a fine job. Ken Watanabe's back. Ji Zhang is in this as well as Doc, but it says she plays Dr. Eileen Chen and Dr. Ling. I don't know how that's possible. I did kind of see her hold a photograph that looked like there were uh, twins in it, so maybe that's what it was. Bradley Whitford is in this. Sally Hawkins is back. Charles Dance. Thomas Middleditch. Guys, we're not even done. Aisha Hines. O'Shea Jackson jackson uh david streithern same he's back anthony ramos as well uh see if there's anyone else in here uh, elizabeth faith ludrow joe morton randy havens uh who i think is from some marvel stuff i think maybe he's from spider-man uh come on spider-man what else is he no oh ironic he's from stranger things uh, there's some definite Stranger Things connections in this as well, I, I think. But again, it's a star-studded cast. What are you going to expect when Sarah Finn is the casting director? Like, that's just, just, uh, wow. So uh, other scenes that are really special in this, him fighting Ghidorah, him 
actively hunting these creatures when rodan shows up you can't beat rodan uh mothra was beautiful and amazing i love when she gives her life for godzilla i also love when she stabs rodan oh my goodness uh that part was great just going back to rodan when he gets out of that uh out of the volcano and just flies and everything gets destroyed that is how i pictured rodan and i it made me not appreciate rodan as much in uh the prior ones it's funny because i had seen this king of the monsters before i had seen most of those old monster movies so like i really was comparing Ghidorah and rodan and mothra to this film and i'll be honest i liked all three of them better in this movie than in the old movie the only thing i i'm missing is Ghidorah's call because he has a very distinct uh call in the in the original movies that i can hear it in my head I don't think I can reproduce it. Maybe I can. It's like, or like, and then it, uh, you know, oh, so good, so good. But he doesn't do that in this one. It's more, it's a more dragon-like call. But I'm not complaining because it's insane when he starts firing his blasts and disintegrating people. And we get to what I would argue is one of the best scenes in the entire Godzilla line of movies. Uh, we get to this point where, and it's also a great callback to uh, to the original Godzilla, where the government makes an oxygen destroyer and shoots it into the ocean, and we get, uh, you know, Ghidorah doesn't affect Ghidorah, but it apparently kills Godzilla. Well, we find out, again, nothing kills Godzilla. He is just in hibernation, and uh is down deep in the hollow earth which is also a really interesting uh kind of conversation that is a through line in these godzilla films so uh the hollow earth is mentioned in both of the other movies so it was great to watch kong skull island first and um kind of go through like oh they're talking about the hollow earth in there like i know that comes up and i i i've heard that it makes there's a lot more hollow earth in this newest godzilla movie too so i'm really glad they're diving into that hollow earth lore that's something i have always been fascinated ever since i heard about it uh it's it's a solid concept i just you know i've never ever seen a hollow earth but it you know if ants can do it i'm sure you can do it on a bigger scale i, I tried to dig to china once when i was a kid um and you know back before i knew how that sort of stuff worked and i probably only got a couple feet into the ground but uh you could pull it off if if you're in the right conditions you know with caves and the way that they show it in here but uh just that scene where ken watanabe sacrifices himself and takes the nuclear warhead into the hollow earth into this ancient uh throne room of sorts where godzilla is just slumbering in order to give him a adrenaline shot knowing that he's gonna die and seeing him you know reconcile with his fate and put his hand out to touch godzilla before the bomb goes off is one of the most touching movie moments in the godzilla franchise and instantly is an all-timer of scenes just because you know you're always rooting for ken he's the guy that's always saying let them fight and he's also saying you know we have to coexist with godzilla which is a really great message and so to him to have an ending that he chose and not only that but without his help humanity would have been done for uh but godzilla gets the biggest boost of his life he gets back up out of the water and it's like he just got out of the spa he is feeling good and so he he takes the fight to Ghidorah. it's an insane fight absolutely insane 
Uh, and then we get we get it at the very end where we think that he's done and he's he's absorbed so much nuclear radiation that just like in Godzilla versus Destroya, he is going to explode because he has so much nuclear in him and he does, but he does so in the best way that it actually uh, like liquefies and disintegrates most of Ghidorah. And then we get the classic at the end where he he uh he blows his fire through the head of Ghidorah like just and then all of the monsters bow down to him uh Rodan all of them because they'd originally been bowing down to Ghidorah and I just loved that whole concept of you know oh you you screwed up Ghidorah is actually from space because uh and again I'm I'm just trying to talk about the Godzilla bits because I know people aren't a fan of the human bits but I loved the orca and how it can kind of get the uh alpha frequency I, you know, there's some questions as to what it's actually doing, but the thing gets destroyed by the end of it, I believe. So there's really no more, unless of course, you know, it shows up in this new movie, which would be really exciting to see. So that's a a long explanation to kind of talk about these movies. But like I said, I love these movies. I love them so much. And I'm so happy that I was able to watch so many in one month. This really made this a very special month for me. It's sad to say because it's around movies, but you know what? In in these COVID coronavirus times, these pandemic uh, quarantine times, you have to create your own fun a lot of times. And this was something that kept me looking forward the entire month. And I'm really grateful for that. Uh, so now I'm sure a lot of you are asking what, you know, what's the final, what's the final count? What's the final tally, Alex? What's your thoughts? Just say it, just say it. I will. Uh, here's what it is. I'm going to give you, uh, how many, okay. So I've got all of them lined up and there are, t- I have 24 Godzilla movies in here. One of them I haven't seen, which is Godzilla versus Kong. So I don't know where that's going to f- fall in the line. We will talk about it, uh, when it happens, but here's where I've, here's where we're at. 23 Godzilla, the 1998 version. I have it as a four star. So until I watch it again and change that, it's at the bottom of the list. Next up, Godzilla 2000. Then Terror of Mechagodzilla. And then All Monsters Attack. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Godzilla vs. Megalon. And then Godzilla Final Wars. Godzilla vs. Gigan. Godzilla Raids Again. King Kong vs. Godzilla. Ibira, Horror of the Deep. Invasion of the Astro Monster. Son of Godzilla comes in at number 11. So my top 10 Godzilla movies are number 10, Godzilla vs. Destroya. Number 9, Mothra vs. Godzilla. Number 8, Shin Godzilla. I briefly mentioned this one, but this is a 2016 Godzilla movie. I would check it out. Uh, Gave that an 8 out of 10. Number 7, Destroy All Monsters. Number 6, Godzilla versus Ghidorah. Number five, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Number four, Godzilla, 2014. Number three, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes. Uh, Number two, Kong Skull Island. And number one, Godzilla from 1954. So, uh... I finally have a ranking. I'm very happy with it. 
as all my rankings are, it is 100% subject to change at my whim at any time. But in this present moment, I all three of the Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Skull Island, all nines out of tens. I like King of the Monsters better than the first Godzilla because, uh, and it was actually really interesting. I was, and, and maybe I'll I'll see if I can I can go through the play by play with you guys on this one because when I was when I was thinking about it after last night. They're almost identical. So I said, okay, it's a movie about Godzilla. Check. Are there other monsters? Yes. Well, how many? Okay, there's more in King of the Monsters. Okay, okay. Fine. Godzilla's got you beat there. King of the Monsters got you beat there. But what about the human story? Which human story did I like better? Well, in both stories, a parent dies. But in the first Godzilla, Brian Cranston dies in the beginning of the movie, whereas in King of the Monsters, Vera Farmiga dies at the end of the movie. So which one of those is better? I, of the two parents, I almost like Via Farmiga better just because she has a little more conviction. Even Well, actually, you know, let's talk about that. So Brian Cranston... I didn't like him just because he just dies. Like he he's trying to help his son and then he kind of dies, but he's kind of the crazy guy that, you know, no one believes me sort of thing. Whereas Vera Farmiga, I like her. She's got a very Thanos type of plan. And it's not it's sort of her plan, but like, you know, we gotta fix the earth sort of thing. I'm all for that. But the way she goes about doing it is wrong. So there's a piece there. But um, there's also uh, was it yeah there's a kid in both of the movies the kid is barely in Godzilla whereas the kid here is like kind of the crux of the movie and if you remember from some of those older Godzillas the kid is a pretty important part of the movie uh, but then you go to soundtracks I like the score of King of Monsters way better than Godzilla so there's a check mark there and then also when you think of memorable scenes there are more memorable scenes in King of the Monsters of Godzilla fighting these other creatures than there are in Godzilla. But like I said, guys, that is a razor thin, razor thin. That's like comparing a nine to a 9.1. So, so razor thin. But like I said, I like Kong better than both of those movies because it's more colorful. The human story is hands down better than both of those Godzilla movies combined. So that, that goes way into it because not only is the human element good, but the monster element is good. And that's what sets Kong apart. So I'm really hoping that this next film is, uh, is you know, holds a good torch to the rest of these Godzilla movies. Which, again, coming out soon, it's directed by someone completely different. Uh, I believe it's directed by Adam Wingard. And I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know what he's done. But we will talk about that in Godzilla vs. Kong. So... A long way of saying we've made it guys we've made it to the end godzilla season is over but does it ever really end that's the question that i'm going to be asking myself the rest of this year as i think back on this month and remember all of the great movies that i watched so thank you all for taking this journey with me uh hopefully you were able to find a couple of these that you enjoyed watching as well uh if you did please let me know you can find me on twitter at a robots wink or on instagram at a robots wink or uh shoot me a message on my soundcloud where all of this is but for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein and we'll talk to you soon (laughs) 